Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga for You. I'm Kelly, and today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this freeform episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. And today we are tackling a biggie. We are just tackling one of the most highly requested topics, the big whale, if you will. You know how much I love whales. And it is self-love. Oh my goodness, self-love. I have heard from so many of you asking me to talk about this. It's a topic that I cover often in meditations just because it's it's one that I get a ton of requests for all the time. Um, and it's also something that I know a lot of you are working on. And it's something that I'm working on. I think it's something we're always working on in, in some capacity that a self-love journey is not linear and it's a skill and it's something that we're that we're always working on. And I haven't covered it until now for a few reasons. One, it always kind of felt like a daunting task to try to tackle such a big important topic. Uh, and two, I've been on my own self-love journey with you know different ups and downs and I just wanted to wait until I felt like I was in a place where I could share my thoughts honestly and authentically and feel like you know I was just being true to who I was and just being authentic in what I was sharing but it feels right now so I'm really looking forward to to diving into this. So here's how this episode is going to go. First um So I'm going to break it into a few different sections. First, I want to talk about my personal self-love journey. Um, Then I want to talk about, you know, how you can practice self-love and how you can care for your body and your mind and your heart and soul and what self-love really means. And then finally, I want to share some of my favorite self-love resources and tips. So let's dive right in. We're going to start right at my self-love journey. And just a heads up, um, if you, you know, I'll be talking just briefly, not, you know, not in depth, but I will be talking about um, food restriction. I will also be talking about um, some depression and pregnancy during this section. So if those, any of those things are things that could either be triggering to you or you just, you know, maybe aren't in a space where you want to hear about someone else talk about that, then you can just, you can just fast forward to the tips. Um, I will try to put in the show notes what time those tips, those tips are. So yes, I just wanted to put that out there because of course, you know, we want to take the best care of ourselves and you should never have to listen to something that you would find to be distressing. I won't be talking in detail at all about any of those, but I will be mentioning them. So for the sake of time, um, because you guys know I could just sit here in this closet and talk, 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 talk. That's why I started a podcast. (laughs) Not really. Not really why I started a podcast because you guys know I'm getting getting off topic, but I used to just be so scared to do like these freeform episodes. Um, I don't, it just, I mean, they're still scary to me. Um, But when I first started doing them, it just really just felt like I was just putting myself out there and it was so scary and really hard. And and I didn't dread them by any means. I just always kind of felt like just super, super vulnerable in doing them. And and I still do, but I think I've just gotten a little bit more comfortable um, 
and yeah, so uh, I don't even know what I was, <laughs> I don't know what, where I was going with that, but um, yeah, just a little, I seem to be in the kind of mood, so we don't know what kind of episode we're going to get today, guys, because I happen to be in a little sidetracky mood. Um, it is just an evening, um, and I just put little baby pork chop to bed, and and I came down here to sit in my closet to record, and then I spent 25 minutes just looking at old pictures of little baby pork chop, even though <laughs> I just put him to bed. I spent the whole day with him. Um, you know, my husband's been working a lot of overnights at the hospital, so he and I get a lot of quality time together, and he threw up on me like five times today and was kind of a stinker, but I still came down here and looked at pictures of when he was just a little newborn. I was like, how are you ever so little? So obviously I'm not in the most focused mindset, but I'm going to get it together and we're going to talk about self-love. So that's it. Enough rambling. So that's it. We're going to dive right into my self-love journey. And like I said, I just want to dive right into the part that's relevant, which is basically when I decided that I was ready to take a self-love journey. So a time when I was ready to kind of move away from that low self-esteem, self-loathing, and just kind of feeling and, you know, talking to myself and treating myself like garbage. Um, I definitely, you know, definitely was there, definitely did that. And I know it's something, you know, I, I can still feel it creeping in sometimes. And I know it's something a lot of you are struggling with. So I hope that sharing my story will um, maybe normalize some of this and also just make you feel like you're not quite as as alone if you are struggling with this. So to kind of lay the framework, I didn't really start working on this stuff until after college, so sort of in my mid-20s. Um, I just, it wasn't really, I mean, it was kind of on my radar, but not really. Um, I was just, I didn't even really know what a self-love journey was. Um, and until then I had spent a big chunk of my life just sort of feeling like I didn't fit in. I struggled because I felt different. Um, I wasn't super interested in what other kids my age were into. So, but I knew that I was different, but instead of embracing that, I just pressed myself to conform and be who I thought people wanted me to be. Um, and you know, no one forced this on me. I had just you know, wonderful, loving, and supportive parents. And there's nothing in particular that really made me, you know, feel this way. I just always kind of knew that I was a little bit different. Um, I liked, you know, kind of spirituality and yoga. And I was interested in things like meditation. I was a dreamer. I was also sensitive to energies that I didn't understand yet. And, you know, I at one point had big obsession with, you know, whales I also which you know I still do you guys know that um but also um I went through like a wolf phase but I just think there was so much that was unique about me just as there's you know unique things about everyone that I didn't really understand I couldn't wrap my mind around and I just knew that I wasn't the same as everyone else and instead of embracing that um you know I just I felt like I didn't fit in and and so I just at such a young age I just tried to conform and I tried to make people like me and I just wasn't being authentic to who I was and I wasn't honoring my true self or my soul but I did it anyways and I knew in my heart that I wasn't being who I I really was um, but that wasn't what was important to me I was you know I was 
young. I wanted people to like me. I wanted to fit in, and that's what I was pursuing. And I think that this was probably one of my biggest issues to get over when it finally came to pursuing self-love. And at the time, I remember feeling like I was just completely alone. Like, no one really understood me. You know, I was the only person going through, like, a a journey like this. This was really kind of before, like, self-love was, I want to say, like, cool. But before it was a buzzword um, and before it was something that it was kind of, like, normal to go on, like, this self-love journey. And I just... By the time I got to this point in my mid-20s and I felt like I didn't even really know who I was and I was being, you know, a different person with different groups of people because I just wanted them to like me and fit in and and I just felt re- it was really lonely and I felt really, really alone. And something that I've learned since then is that we're never as alone as we think we are and after years of doing this work and connecting with other people... I learned that pretty much all of us feel this way at one point or another. And like I said, we're never as alone as we think we are. But also that, you know, you're you're never the only person that's struggling with this. And what I was experiencing at this time is so, so common. And there's so many people that, you know, have since shared their stories with me and, you know, that they went through something similar, that that they wanted to be, you know, a pleaser. They wanted to be liked. They wanted to be fit in. But it just ended up being kind of soul-sucking because it wasn't true to to who they were. And so having spent the majority of my life trying to make others, you know, like me, um, really to be liked and accepted was the most important thing. And, and I just wanted to fit in. So I did what I thought people wanted me to do, you know, what people wanted me to look like, what they wanted me to sound like and act like, you know, what interests I had. Um, you know, and I got to a point, and this was kind of all through, you know, I mean, of course, like middle school um, and high school. I mean, I don't know if you managed to not feel any of this in middle school or in high school. I absolutely just applaud your audacity to be authentically you. And that is wonderful. I definitely wasn't like that. Um, but even, you know, even in college, and I got to a point in college where, I was so focused on like looking a certain way and fitting in with a certain certain group of people that I became so strict on what I was eating and I wasn't nourishing my body and I was restricting my body from the food that it needed and from the fuel that it needed to be healthy and to feel good and I just wanted to, you know, look small and be small and I wanted to look like, you know, the rest of the girls that were in this peer group that I wanted to be in. And, you know, it's, it's hard for me to admit that. Um, but it's, it's the truth. And I just, I wanted people to like the way I looked. I wanted people to look at me and think that, you know, I was, I was pretty and yeah, that I was just, I was small and, and I just, I really focused on that and it got to a point where it was just it was too much and it was not healthy and I was depriving myself of you know the nourishment I was over exercising I wasn't you know eating in the balanced healthy way that I that I should have and it was around this time where you know I just I kind of realized that I had gone from just focusing on you know my health and something that started I mean this all started as it often does as trying to you know be healthy and to um you know 
increase my fitness and to work out and to, you know, eat more vegetables and things like that. And then before I knew it, it kind of turned into, you know, something that I was really kind of starting to to obsess over. And and I just I finally realized that it it had gone too far and that it was it was too much and that I was just focusing on on all of the wrong things and that I was doing that because I wanted to not because I wanted to feel a certain way but because I wanted to look a certain way I wanted to fit in with people that I was surrounding myself with and and these people they weren't even supportive or or uplifting but you know I felt like it was better than being alone right which you know you're probably noticing a pattern here and I tell you this not to you know, feel sorry for me. But I tell you this because I want to make it clear that one of my biggest struggles for self-love was that I was constantly looking for validation and approval from the outside and not from the inside. And it wasn't until I made this shift that I started looking for that approval and that validation and, and that celebration of who I was from the inside, from within, from me, and not from the outside, that I really couldn't move past this stuff. And that, to me, was one of the keys of really being able to kind of step away from, you know, being being pleasant and wanting to be small and wanting to be a pleaser was that I had to just recognize that at the end of the day, the only person that had to approve of what I was doing had to, you know, like the person that I was, be proud of the person I was, was was me and that I had to find that validation from within. And I also started to realize around this time, which it took me a while to kind of have my eyes open to this, was just that I wasn't as aware of how society as a whole had impacted what I thought of myself or how I behaved or how I thought I should be. And and I really bought into this idea that like girls and women should be nice and agreeable and small, not just in size, but also small in demeanor, and that these are good traits in women, and that being a people pleaser at your own expense was okay, and that always giving, 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 but never, you know, filling up your own cup or never focusing on you, that 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 was okay, and that focusing on you and doing things that made you happy was selfish, and, and that's just not the truth. And it, it took me a while. I had to grow up a little bit. I had to step outside of myself. I had to have some different experiences, see the world a little bit to really recognize how deeply that had been ingrained in me and that that was, you know, partially what was fueling this, this cycle of not feeling good enough or, you know, not approving of myself, not liking myself or loving myself. And, and as I say this now, again, I, as I'm saying it out loud, knowing that I'm recording it and sending it out into the universe, it's it's equal parts like sad and tragic to hear me recount this, but also kind of funny because it's like, what I don't know what I was thinking because, you know, I'm not like a quiet person. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not a quiet, small personality. I don't, I don't want to be small. I don't want to just, you know, be a pleaser and tell people what they want to hear. Like in my core, I'm kind of a loud, feisty person and I question everything and I love questioning things. And when I want to be or need to be, I can be this immovable force. And when I strongly, you know, when I really feel strongly about something, I just, you know, I just, I go after it. And and I really value honesty and authenticity and I can be sassy and I can be stubborn. I'll admit it. And that's just who I am. And and looking back on this and seeing, you know, 
I can see why it just felt so wrong to me because everything that I was trying to become was just not who I am at my core. And I didn't think that it was okay or I didn't, you know, appreciate kind of a, you know, bolder woman. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. I, I thought that these parts of me were things that I should kind of hide away instead of things that I should celebrate and that I should let, you know, people see. And, and I, I really got trapped in that cycle of self-loathing and soul-sucking practices and, and, you know, the facade and constantly wearing a mask around people. And I knew deep down that it just wasn't me. And, you know, it, I just found myself really kind of getting depressed and not really liking a single thing about about myself. And, you know, that is heartbreaking to say and, and to think. And I know that a lot of you probably feel that same way. And, and I hope that this not only inspires you to feel like you're not alone, but now looking back at it and I can see kind of how far I've come um, to know that that's not, it doesn't have to be that way and that you don't have to feel that way about yourself now that there won't be ups and downs on this journey but you don't have to you know always hide behind a mask or not let yourself be seen or to you know be in that cycle of self-doubt and self-loathing and if I could thinking about it if I could kind of go back and tell my younger self um, something it would definitely be that the things that I'm trying you know that I was trying to hide about myself to fit in were actually the most beautiful parts of me. And they, you know, those parts would serve me better than anything else and that I should embrace them and not just try to bury them away. And the thing that is kind of funny enough is it wasn't until I started to, you know, I'll talk about this in a moment, but it wasn't until I started to discover myself and really let myself be seen just for who I am that it was like I started to attract other people like that. And I I finally felt like, you know, I had people around me and I had this community and I kind of had found, you know, that, that like I fit in with people and, and, but I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, so it was around this mid twenties area. Um, I don't remember the exact year where I really just decided that I wanted to start my self-love journey, that I was tired of being someone else, that I was not living my truth. I was tired of, you know, being hungry and sad and not letting people get to know me because I was closed off and scared of them seeing the real me and, you know, to judge me and to not accept me, to reject me for who I am. But I realized that before I could love myself, that the first thing was that I needed to get to know myself. So for me, self-love means loving yourself fully. So that means, you know, loving your mind, your soul, your body. And I decided to kind of start with some of the soul work with kind of falling in love with my soul. Because honestly, for me, that felt like the easiest step because I really believe that souls are beautiful and I feel deep down that people are good to the core. And, you know, that that included me. So even if there's a lot of work that needed to be done, a lot of a lot of gunk happening, you know, on that journey to the soul that deep down there was a beautiful soul within me. I just needed to get to know it and and discover it. And, you know, I. I had spent so much time kind of trying on these different personalities and trying on these different people and, you know, what I call like life suits. And I didn't really know. I did that for so long. I didn't really know what was under it all. So 
I decided to do what I now call dating myself. So let me explain this. Dating myself. That is basically when you just get to know yourself. You get to know yourself like a friend or you get to know yourself like you would get to know someone that you were dating. And, you know, this meant doing things like, you know, showing up with an open mind, right? I I wouldn't show up for a first date, although it's been a very long time since I've been on a first date, but I I wouldn't show up with a completely closed off mind. I'd have an open mind. I would ask questions. You know, I would engage. I would be inquisitive. And I started applying these same principles to myself. And, you know, I started to um, just be inquisitive and to ask questions you know, I, I realized around this time that like I like my alone time that even though I am, you know, kind of like a more loud, outgoing person at times that I am very much an introvert and and I like alone time and that's OK and that's what I need. And it's OK for me to not want to, you know, always be out doing things that I can just have that that chill time. And, you know, I asked questions of myself. I, I journaled. I reflect. I, you know, I had a great therapist at this time. I highly recommend therapy to anyone. It is just really, really wonderful. I, I figured out what I enjoyed and, you know, what I was like, what felt good and real to me. And just like I was getting to know anyone else. And it it absolutely, it took time. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of self-reflection, meditation, struggling, you know, trying again and again and just getting to know myself like I would, you know, build a relationship with a friend that would turn into a best friend or a partner or even now as I get to know my child. I just, you know, would show up with an open heart and open mind, be inquisitive and just get to know myself. And this is something that I highly recommend. It was really powerful. It's something that I still kind of return to. If I feel like I'm losing myself a little bit, I go back to, you know, well, well what do I want to do? What do I enjoy? And and just be kind of inquisitive about what's going on. And once I worked on that and I felt like I really got to know myself, then it was, you know, like got to know myself, like the real me, the the true me, get to know my soul. Then it was time to let other people get to know me on this level. And, you know, once I realized that I was a good person who deserved love and respect, um, I really had to get over my fear of people seeing the real me and not liking it. Because back in the day when I was wearing a mask, when I was wearing, you know, a different human suit, um, oh, that sounds a little weird, life suit, different life suit, um, uh, you know, when I... If I would put myself out there and I was being someone who wasn't authentic to me and someone didn't like it or they rejected me, you know, that that wouldn't really hurt that much because, you know, it wasn't even the real me. But if I showed someone my true self, I showed them my soul and they rejected that, like that would hurt. That would sting because that is them rejecting, you know, the real me. But sometimes when you're pursuing something big, when you are doing radical things like pursuing self-love, getting to know yourself, recognizing that you're a good person worthy of love and respect, you have to do scary things. And this was one thing that really, really, really scared me. And I just had to do it anyways and start letting, you know, doing the things that I liked. When people would ask me questions about myself, I'd answer them honestly, just, you know, letting myself be seen. And I want to just kind of make one note here. Um, 
And that is that you hear, you'll hear me talk a lot about both self-love but also self-respect as I talk about that. And that's because for me, I started with self-respect because you can absolutely, I mean, I, I, two things. I very much believe that one, you can respect someone and not love them. I think that sometimes it's easier to start with respect. So respect for yourself. But I think that often when you have a deep respect for someone, it can turn into, into a kind of love. And I do believe that when you embark on a self-love journey that you need to also embark on a self-respect journey as well because you need to have that respect for yourself and you also need to recognize that you deserve that respect from from others and that everyone around you deserves respect from you. So letting people see me um, was scary. It left me feeling vulnerable, but it was also freeing. And, you know, I just kind of let people see who I was. And, and honestly, it went way better than I expected. And and I really learned that, you know, people love and resonate with authenticity. And it also, it was just so, it was so refreshing. It was exhausting wearing those masks all the time and trying to be someone that I wasn't and just being able to show up places and just be who I was. Once I got over the absolute sheer terror of it, it was just so, it was just like a vacation because I didn't have to worry about, you know, anything, what, you know, what person should I show up as today? What mask should I wear today? Who, you know, who would these people want to see? Who would they like? I didn't have to do any of that. I could just show up and be who I was and and connect with people. And I started, and I just, I did that. I started showing myself and doing my best to do it without fear of rejection or judgment. And, you know, I also started to, like, I started to, cut out, you know, people that were mean or toxic or hurtful. But they're honestly, like when I started to work on myself and when I started to pursue self-love, a lot of those people kind of naturally just fell to the wayside because I realized, again, you know, if you respect yourself, you're no longer going to accept others not treating you with that same respect. And I, I do think that there's an element of, you know, kind of like different vibrations with people and people that are still kind of, you know, operating in that, you know, space of wearing a mask or being hurtful or harmful or toxic. That's just a different vibration than someone that's trying to, you know, be authentic and let their real self be be shown. And and I found that there were some people that I kind of consciously had to distance myself from, but they also kind of naturally just drifted away because we were in different places and we were pursuing different things. So once I really worked on getting to know my soul and falling in love with that and letting it be seen, then I sort of tackled um, my mind. And I want to make it clear that I didn't like set out on this like three-year self-journey plan. This is all kind of written, you know, and um, shared kind of retrospectively. And, And so this is just me now looking in hindsight. So once I really pursued kind of that soul love, then I found myself working on kind of love of like my mind. So I wanted to not only change the way that I thought about myself and that I thought um, or that I, you know, wanted to love the way that that I thought and the way that I created. So it wasn't even just about changing the way that I thought about myself, but also truly falling in love with with my mind and my thoughts and my, you know, ability to to create and, you know, everything that was kind of kind of happening in in my mind. And this was something that I think I really struggled with because growing up with different learning disabilities, you know, having ADHD and also, you know, dyslexia, um, 
especially, you know, being a kid in the 90s, um, it really, you know, the messaging that I got being a girl and a young woman with these learning disabilities, you know, was that I was I was dumb or I wasn't trying hard enough or, you know, that there was just something wrong with me. And I think that's something that really kind of was, you know, embedded within me and that, you know, my brain didn't work right or that, you know, and then that that kind of seeped into my adult life of like, you know, why I can't keep, you know, the books to my business straight or, um, you know, just different things like that. And and so I really wanted to work on kind of this mental self-love of truly not only changing the way that I thought, but, you know, realizing that I, I was capable of doing things. And again, part of this, you know, has to you know, I have to give society some of the credit here too, because as women, we aren't always valued for our minds and and our thoughts. And hopefully, if you are a woman and you are listening to this, you have not experienced this. Um, I'm guessing you probably have. I know I have a lot, um, but hopefully you haven't. And so I had to, you know, from my past, um, I had to work on some reprogramming for myself and reprogramming my thoughts around you know, what was really valuable about me and, you know, what, what I was capable of doing and that, you know, I, I should be respected and valued for what I brought to the table, not just physically or emotionally, but intellectually as well. And this is something that, you know, I, you know, I'll try not to go too far into a tangent, but I see this even like now that I'm like shopping for baby clothes for pork chop, like I go and, it's like boys can be engineers and astronauts and like sharks and they can wear, you know, neutrals and, you know, primary colors where girls can be like unicorns and pink and white and, you know, light yellow and mint green and they can sparkle. And it's just like, what, you know, what the heck is that? <laughs> like, what is that? Why? And I don't love, you know, I don't love that either way, even though I have a little baby boy. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want him without getting too far in this tangent. Like, I don't want him to just be like, you know, here are all of your, you can dress in sharks, monster trucks and like aggressive colors. And you can't, you know, wear a unicorn print or do, you know, like it's just you go to like I go to Target and I just look they're literally split in half it's like the boy side and the girl side and there's just so many things that are kind of really ingrained in us without even realizing it and um you know I had to kind of recognize that and then kind of reprogram the way that I was thinking about how you know men and women are treated differently and what's valued for them and and that especially when I was trying to work on kind of this mindset stuff I really had to to work on um so but anyways you know another tangent, but, um, I, you know, I, I just, I recognize this and first before I can really change anything or address anything, I have to recognize that it's there. And so I had to realize that I had, you know, this mindset that I had fears around my mind and my intelligence and, you know, my ability to, to do things, my mental capacity. And I had to work on believing that I was a capable person, which was really, really, big for me. And then once I worked on that mindset, then I had to start, you know, taking action. And when I was working on my mind is when I really started practicing meditation to clear the mind, you know, to strengthen the mind. Um, you know, I started retraining my negative thoughts and trying to change them to positive thoughts. But sometimes, you know, and we'll talk about it, this when we talk about like body love, 
even if you can't do kind of the positive thoughts, try to at least go to like neutral thoughts instead of negative. Um, and so, you know, you don't always have to be, you know, positive, positive, positive. Like, I love my body. I love my body. It's great. It's the best. Like you could just move to like neutrality. And that's good too. That's improvement. And I started building up my confidence and my self-esteem around my mental capabilities, especially I found when it came to running my business and doing things like leading trainings. That was so scary for me to put myself out there, to put together manuals, to put together all this information and then, you know, share it with other people and to train them. And it was scary and it was hard, but I just pushed myself to do it. And that was really my way of overcoming because when I stepped, you know, really leaned into that fear and I trusted that, you know, I was capable and that I could do this and I had that skill set and that mental capacity, it was so just powerful and rewarding and freeing to do that. And, I also really had to challenge the way that I was speaking to myself, um, you know, and and I would try to really change when I, I find myself getting down or getting frustrated or doubting myself, you know, even just remind myself being like, you know, Kelly, like you, you can do this. You can solve problems. You are mentally tough. You are capable. You can do tough things, which is another kind of mantra I have recently brought back in my life as I'm transitioning to motherhood. Like you can do hard things. You seek out challenges challenges and you can overcome them. You can figure them out. You can problem solve. And then when I would do those things, when I would do something new, when I'd lean into that fear, when I would, you know, solve a problem, when I would overcome something, I would celebrate that. And and that did not feel natural to me at first, kind of celebrating these things. I was always in this mindset of, you know, not doing enough, not being enough, you know, be better, do more. This isn't good enough. And to actually like celebrate myself felt really, really strange. But once I started to do it, it it became a very powerful and special, you know, practice. And even celebrating not just my success or celebrating solving a problem or overcoming a challenge, but learning how to, you know, celebrate my failure because there has been so much failure on this road of my life. I mean, so, so, so much failure. And once I could learn to celebrate that because it meant I was trying and I was learning and I was growing it just really, really, really changed my life truly. So if you're the kind of person that, you know, has a big fear of failure or you're struggling with that, like celebrate those failures. That means that you are just, you are trying hard and that you are pursuing challenges, that you are doing new things, that you are, you know, gritting your teeth and that you are just absolutely taking things on. And, you know, if you're going to fail, I challenge you to fail like epically, like fail hard Try hard, fail hard, and celebrate it no matter what the outcome is because you tried. And so as I began to, or as I began to kind of really appreciate myself, kind of change my thoughts, appreciate my mind, then again, same thing as I did with my soul. I had to let myself be seen mentally. So I started to speak up a little bit. I stopped apologizing. This is a big one if you're a chronic apologizer. I was before I, you know, consciously tried to stop this. I stopped apologizing, you know, for like I'd apologize for like knowing something, like knowing the answer to something or having a unique idea or perspective. Why was I apologizing for that? But I would do it. And you know, I really really took 
big strides in this when I started to challenge myself in my business. So pursuing those new challenges, um, you know, doing trainings. And then a huge piece for me was planning solo international retreats because that, you know, I mean, it's still hard, but doing that for the first time um, and struggling and trying to figure it out, like that was such a huge challenge. And then being able to do that and, you know, struggling and failing, but other parts going well, it just, it was really great because I was figuring it out and I, I believed in my capabilities to figure that out and to be able to to do new and challenging things. Um, and then I also tried to keep my mind open and learn new things and be inquisitive and also just be an observer of like my thoughts and how I was thinking and speaking to myself. And yeah, that's kind of what I did to work on kind of that mental self-love. And then last, but certainly not least, we'll say last and probably hardest for me was the physical self-love. So the body self-love. Um, and it's absolutely something that I'm still working on probably of all of, you know, of soul, mind, and body. This is probably the one that I'm still struggling the most with. And I think it's something that, you know, a lot of us struggle with. It ebbs and flows. Um, so all I can do is I can share, you know, what I've learned up until this point. And I'm still very much on this journey of learning to really love and appreciate, you know, my physical form, um, my body and and all of that. And, and I know I've heard from so many of you that you're working on this too. So I figured that I will just share and we can work on it together because it is really, really, really hard. So when I decided that I was ready to work on my love for my body, the first thing I did was work on my relationship with food. Again, I had a great therapist that was supporting me during this time. And I started to really change my mindset of, you know, not looking at food as the enemy, not trying to starve and deplete my body, um, but really trying to focus on a food that made me feel good so that I could fuel, you know, my crazy work schedule, my travel schedule, um, also, you know, my physical exertion. I was teaching, you know, yoga and, um, you know, different fitness classes and things all day long. And I just started to focus on, you know, how I, how I felt and my energy and, you know, I started to realize once I, I fueled myself well that I could feel good and nourished and that I didn't have to feel tired or run down and hungry and exhausted all the time. And, you know, I still sometimes find myself kind of reverting back to some of these old mindsets. And so I, I have to remind myself that I don't do that anymore and that I respect my body. So that's where, you know, maybe it might be easier to start with a little body respect before you, you know, dive into the full body love. I'm going to have to remind myself, you know, that I respect my body and that I feel it well and that I want to feel healthy and that I want to feel energized and balanced and I want to, um, you know, be able to to eat and to fuel myself. And it's definitely something, um, you know, that has been creeping in now, you know, having recently had a baby. If anyone is listening right now, you, you know what I'm talking about. Things don't quite look or feel the same after you've had a kid and, you know, and it's it's definitely been a challenge and it's something that, you know, I have to kind of go back to basics and remind myself, you know, I want to feel good and I want to feel healthy. I want to feel nourished. I want to have energy so that I can be present with pork chops so that I can, you know, continue on my journey so I can balance work and 
life and baby and all of those things. Um, but it's definitely, it's still a struggle. I mean, it's, you know, it's a struggle every day. If anyone ever tells you they never struggle with this sort of stuff, I think they, you know, are maybe not being totally honest with you because I think it's just human nature. So this was obviously hard. Um, a few things that I, uh, that I did as well was I unfollowed those that I found were either triggering or just made me feel bad about my body. So, you know, those supermodels that I was following that always kind of made me feel like I wasn't, you know, small enough. I unfollowed them. People that, you know, were always posting about, you know, their food and their clean eating. I didn't need that. I unfollowed them. And I, I, social media I found was really influencing, you know, the way that, I was thinking in the way that I thought I should look. And so I just, you know, started mass unfollowing and it had nothing to do with those people. They can go and live their best lives. I just didn't need to see that in that moment. It wasn't helping me. It wasn't serving me. And that really helped not seeing that on my timeline every day. I also really started embracing slower practices for my healing and my rest. So for me, a big piece of body respect and body love was slowing down and giving myself some rest. I have a tendency to just be go, 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 go all the time, running myself into the ground. And that needed to stop because that was not, you know, healthy and it was not a way of loving myself either. So I started doing more restorative yoga, continue with my meditation, just doing some slow flow practices, mindfulness. It didn't always have to be a, you know, no pain, no gain mentality. And, you know, I just moved in a way that that felt good and felt nourishing. I also used mantras, um, so different mantras to help me, you know, move towards that body acceptance. Um, and I just tried my best every day. That, I mean, really, that was the biggest piece every day. I just, I tried my best. And I focused on feeling healthy and strong and nourished and energized and, you know, it was something I also, someone brought this up recently. I, I just, you know, kind of was talking a little bit on Instagram stories and, um, you know, someone brought this up and it, it reminded me that I really, this was an issue that I had too, is that I had to kind of move away from this idea of like constant like wellness or like detoxing or being so, so, so healthy that that almost became like its own problem. So I had to just work on moving you know, to a space of, of balance. And that's what I was going for then. It's what I'm going for now is just, just balance and, um, you know, finding balance physically. Now what that looks like for me is just trying to eat in a way that, you know, makes me feel balanced and energized, um, and that fuels my body and that feels good, right? That, you know, gives me that energy. Um, but also now when it comes to movement, as I'm kind of rediscovering my body and healing still and, you know, recovering from, um, a, you know, a tough pregnancy and then, you know, giving birth. And it, it is kind of like you have this whole new body. And what I've been doing for movement that I've really been enjoying is I just tell myself that each day I'm going to do 30 minutes of movement, but that can be whatever I want, whatever feels good. Some days that is just taking pork chop and mila for a walk. Sometimes, you know, that is, you know, I'm feeling really good. And so I do, you know, like 30 or even, you know, really wild 35 minutes like of some kind of like interval training. Sometimes I just do a slow flow yoga class. Sometimes I just like lay on the ground in front of the TV while he's napping and just like stretch a little bit. I mean, it can be anything. And I just tell myself just 30 minutes of time to care for your body in any way that feels good. And that's what I do. 
and, you know, I don't pressure myself for it to be a certain thing. Um, and it just, it feels good. And I just try to give my body what it craves and just be patient and, you know, kind to my body and to myself and honoring where it is and where it's at and, and what it's done and what it's doing. Um, and so that's kind of what I did for body love. And like I said, still working on it. I'm still working on all these things every day. I think a lot of people are pretty much everyone is. And that's just my personal journey, um, mine and only mine. It's, you know, I don't share this so that you can compare yours. Um, but I do hope that it, you know, that it makes you think or, you know, that if you're struggling with these things, you know that you're absolutely not alone and that progression isn't linear and, you know, that there's definite setbacks. And, you know, sometimes I succeed, sometimes I don't. And, you know, each day I just try my best. And I will say, though, that now from hindsight, having work, you know, working on this for probably four or five years now, that in hindsight, I I do feel like I've made a lot of progress. And and I hope that that then encourages you to not give up on your self-love journey and know that you, if you don't give up and you just keep going and, you know, show up every day trying to do your best, that you will make that progress too and that and that you can do it. And, you know, and, and one day you'll get to a point where you know that you are worthy of love and respect just like everyone else and that you can really, you know, appreciate and celebrate yourself and that that's okay and that there are wonderful, incredible things about you that deserve to be celebrated and respected and and loved. So that is my my little, you know, my my little journey, my long journey. Um, my long journey story. So now I want to talk about you. I have talked about me a lot. Um, but now I want to talk about you. What can you do? These are my top 10 tips. I made some little notes here of my favorite kind of self-love practices. So the first one, you already heard me talk about it. It's getting to know yourself or date yourself. So just be completely open-minded, have an open heart and just start to get to know yourself. Do fun things, journal, meditate, ask yourself questions, literally take yourself on a date. This obviously was pre-COVID, but I would go on a movie alone. I would go, you know, eat, go out to eat. I would just get a cup of coffee and just enjoy my own company and, you know, like, like really physically, you know, date yourself. Why not? Um, you know, ask yourself, like, do I really like this or, you know, why or why not? What do I like doing outside of work? You know, treat yourself. You could get yourself some flowers. You could do just a little nice thing of yourself just because, you know, say nice things to yourself. Basically, you're going to treat yourself, you know, like you would your best friend or, you know, your, I won't say your best friend or soulmate because I think a lot of best friends are soulmates. So your best friend slash soulmate, because I mean, if you aren't your own soulmate, then what are you? So number two is evaluate your surroundings and make adjustments accordingly. So who are you surrounding yourself with? What are you surrounding yourself with? Who do you follow on social media? What practices, beliefs, mindsets do you currently have that are holding you back or that are kind of feeding that self-loathing? And, you know, unfollow those people on social media that don't make you feel good about yourself. If there's people around you that are not supportive and uplifting, uplifting, you know, it, it might be time to distance yourself from them. Um, once you become aware of kind of those those mindsets and the things that you're telling yourself, um, those practices that you have, once you're aware of them, then you can start taking action and do something about it. 
The number three is to slow it down. So you will definitely, when you're on this journey, just slow it down, take that time, reflect, turn inward, you know, not let that constant chaos of life keep you from doing this internal work. Um, You know, it's just, it's just, it's part of it. The more that you slow down, the more you can hang out with your soul, the more you can nourish yourself with gentle movement, with mindfulness, with, you know, comforting practices, with sleep and rest and, you know, just tenderness. And it becomes easier to feel nurturing and kind towards yourself when you slow down. Number four is something you've probably heard me say it before. I'll say it again. Ask yourself, Would you say it to your friend or partner or child? If that's a no, then stop saying it to yourself, period, hands down, that's it. I would, you know, never look at pork chops, you know, chunky baby thighs and be like, oh my gosh, man, look at those, look at those chunky thighs. You better go for a run, right? I look at them and I think that they are the cutest, most adorable things ever. So why would I look at myself and be like, oh my gosh, Kelly, look at, you know, look at those thighs, like go for a run. That's just, that's cruel. I would not say that to anyone else that I loved. So I shouldn't be saying it to myself. And I think just shifting that perspective of like, would I say this to someone that I love? No, then I'm, I'm going to stop saying it to myself. Um, number five, shift your perspective to how you feel or how you want to feel um, and try to shift away from how you look or a certain size or number on a scale. This is definitely easier said than done. Um, but I found that really trying to shift to feeling like good and balanced and energized and whole, that really helped me because then the things I was doing, I knew were like nourishing me and helping me to move towards balance. And then it wasn't about like control and looks and trying to fit into a certain, a certain mold. I also found that focusing on gratitude for my health and my life and my body's ability to move each day was really powerful and helpful. So even just being like, you know, thank you universe for another day of life for this, for this healthy body that helps me to move through, you know, life every day that even just, you know, being grateful for the fact that you're alive and you have this body every day can be really powerful, simple, but, but powerful. The number six, do movement because it feels good and nourishes you, not as a way of punishing yourself or as a means to, um, you know, make yourself a certain size or look a certain way. So you heard, you know, how I do it. I like to do 30 minutes a day of some kind of movement and it can be whatever I feel like doing and whatever feels good. Um, Number seven, write yourself a love letter or start a kind of love journal practice of what you did well, what you admire, how you lived authentically today. Um, yeah, just write, you can just straight up write yourself a love letter. Like you can just say, dear so-and-so and just start writing yourself a love letter. Or if you're the person that likes to journal or do a little bit each night, like maybe write down one or two things that either you admire about yourself or that you did well, or that you're celebrating. Um, and over time, you know, those will compound and it'll help you to really kind of build up that, that confidence and that self-love. Um, number eight, reflect on what you need and then give yourself that. So what is it that you need right now to start making yourself feel better? Because if you're not necessarily in the best place or you're not giving yourself what you need, it's hard to kind of embark on this self-love journey. So is that I need more sleep? Um, I need more movement. Maybe I need to set better boundaries. Maybe I need to, you know, spend less time on social media and spend more time being introspective. It can be anything. There's no right or wrong answer to this, but just reflect on what you need and then give yourself that. 
Um, number nine, start with self-respect and then build from there. So you heard me talk about it a lot in this episode. Sometimes it's easier to start with respect and then you can move on to love. And I also think that you shouldn't skip respect because it is important to have self-respect. And I do think self-respect is an expression of self-love. And then finally, number 10, identify your strengths, what you're good at, and you know, work on learning how to cheer yourself on. Um, this is a really hard one. It's hard to, you know, because we don't want to feel, you know, boastful or arrogant or anything like that. But, you know, if there is something that you're good at or something, you know, that's great about you, like learn how to cheer yourself on and to celebrate that. And you can, you know, start small little day to day things and kind of build up to some of those bigger, you know, qualities and characteristics that you have. Um, one of my favorite activities or exercises for this is something that's, you know, going to require you to get really vulnerable. But if you are struggling with this, I challenge you to do this exercise. And that is to ask a few of the people that are closest to you that love you unconditionally, ask them what it is that they love about you. And this will give you a starting point about, you know, what is what is great about you. And so you can just text someone and say, hey, I'm kind of working on self-love. Um, you know, and I just, I'm just curious, like, what is it that you love about me? Like, what is it that, you know, is unique about me? Um, and it's really, really beautiful and powerful to do this exercise. It feels so freaking vulnerable and like, like you're just exposing yourself. But if you just ask those people that love you unconditionally, they will absolutely tell you and it will feel, it'll feel really good. And it will give you an idea of like, what it is that is so beautiful and special because it's so much easier for other people to see it in you than for you to see it in you. So you might just want to give that exercise a little, you know, a little, uh, just give it a whirl. See, you know, just give it a whirl. You might be surprised by what people say. And then this isn't really like a tip. I guess this is just kind of like a little bonus, like thought, um, when it comes to self-love and self-respect, but something that I've learned is that the way you treat others is a direct reflection of the way that you treat yourself. So just keep this in mind. And this is something that I have to do because I really find that kind of the harder I am on myself, the harder I then become in the people around me. That can be, you know, being short with my husband. That can be, um, you know, not just being cranky. That can be kind of, you know, if I'm feeling kind of miserable, I'm, I can be kind of miserable to people around me. And the reason that I say that is twofold. One, because then if you notice that you're doing these things to other people, it's probably an indicator that you need to start working on some of that deep self-love work. But also if someone is kind of being a jerk and not great to you and they just seem like a miserable person they probably are and it's because they are they just they have no self-love in their hearts right now and that's really 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 sad and I found that this helped me a lot when you know people were you know I was in tougher situations with people that I now realize were hurting a lot on the inside so they were then hurting me as you know a result but just remembering that the way that you treat other people is a direct reflection of the way that you that you treat yourself and then just remember that this takes time so just be patient with yourself building self-love is like building a house brick by brick at the beginning and you're just laying you know one brick at a time it seems like you will never finish that house but just don't give up every single day lay one more brick you will make that progress and eventually that house that house will be built and that you will have that love and respect that you deserve and that you 
desire. So those are my thoughts on self-love. Um, the very last thing that I wanted to share was I wanted to share um, five different people that are doing a lot of really great work in this self-love and self-care space. So if you are looking for different resources or people to help you along the way in your journey, I wanted to just share a few resources with you. So the first one is Tiara Hone. Um, she is a yoga teacher, author, and coach that specializes in self-love and eating disorder recovery based out of Ontario, Canada. She is just lovely, a wonderful, just warm-hearted, supportive person that is doing some really incredible work in this field. So if you want some extra support with that, I highly recommend that you check her out. Um, her Instagram is at do the tough stuff. And I'm going to all five of these women, I'm going to put their information in the show notes um, so that you can check them out. The next one is Ashley Sondergaard. So she's a yoga teacher and She's not a self-proclaimed self-care guru. I've given her that name. She is like my self-care guru. She's also the host of the Yoga Magic podcast, so you might know her from that. Um, and if you want some extra help at like leveling up your self-care, she is 100% the person to go to. She is like the self-care queen. Um, and if you enjoy this podcast, I know you'll enjoy her podcast too. She also talks about some really interesting topics, like just like some astrology, you know, obviously self-care, like just lots of like fun things. So if you just want to have have like a good listen her podcast is is a great one and then her instagram is at ashley sondergaard.yoga and that's sondergaard with two a's and then the third is katie arnold so she is a yoga and meditation teacher who specializes in self-care and she has some really lovely yoga classes and she is the one so if you are someone who likes to journal then katie is going to be your girl because she is like the journaling queen. She has some great journaling prompts and a lot of really great journaling exercises for reflection and self-love and self-care. So if you are a journaling person, you will absolutely want to check her out. Her Instagram is at I am Katie Arnold. Then next we have Sam Williams. So she is one of my just personal favorite. I love all of these women on this list. Um, but Sam has an extra special place in my heart because she is my prenatal yoga teacher. Um, so she helped me through that pregnancy and she also is just, I consider her just a, you know, wonderful person and a friend. Um, she's a yoga meditation teacher and she also does sound baths and she currently has a free self-love meditation on her website. And as I said, you know, she specializes in a lot of like prenatal, um, care, but also she's just like great if you are a mom of any stage and you need some self-care and some self-love, um, she definitely like specializes in that and is just really, really, really lovely. Um, so yeah, so if you're looking for any kind of self-love help, um, if you're a mom or pregnant or any of that. Or if you just want to listen to her speak and her just like beautiful, like soft Welsh voice, you should check her out. Um, her Instagram, oh shoot, I forgot to write it down, but I'm going to look it up right now because she's always in my feed because I am, I'm obsessed with her. Um, it is her underscore peaceful place. That is Sam's Instagram. And then finally, we have... Uh, Kara Lee, who specializes in body diversity and inclusion, as well as doing um, a lot of really great self-care and self-love work um, around kind of with this lens of um, body diversity and 
inclusion. So she has some really, really great resources um, and she's just doing some amazing, amazing work. So she, you know, considers herself an invisible illness warrior and she is great. So if that is something that you are interested in, she is going to be your girl. And her Instagram is at raven underscore yoga, um, spelled R-A-E-V-Y-N-N underscore yoga. And like I said, I'm going to put all of these ladies, um, I'm going to put all their information in the show notes so you can go check them out if you want to, you know, if, if any of them are doing work that feels like something you want some support in. Um, you can do that. You can you can check them out. Uh, so that is all I have for you. I if you are still listening, I appreciate you taking a whole hour out of your life to listen to this. I hope that you found it. Um, just I hope that it it made you think, and I hope that it you know let you know that you're not alone, and that self love is hard, and that it is absolutely just like a journey. And that we all struggle with it, but you can do it. You absolutely can do it. And that you are amazing and you deserve love and you deserve respect from others, but mostly from from yourself. So good luck on your self-love journey. And that's it. I never know how to end these. <laughs> so that is it. I hope that whatever day you are listening to this, that it is a wonderful, wonderful day. And I send you a big, big hug. All right. Thanks, guys.